Come on, everybody, it's the inside trip. So crack a high life and take a sip on that T-I-T. Get up and scream, and you can spell it backwards. You know what I mean. Your boy Brando in the house tonight. Gonna lay it down smooth and keep it tight. When Ben Watson gets on the mic, you better get ready because he brings the hype. It's about that time you already know that nasty trip, this nasty flow. The inside trip that is the show. Don't wind up on your back, bro. Oh, what's up, wrestling fans? We are back. It's the Inside Trip Wrestling Podcast coming at you with episode number 86. My name is Brandon Olinger. You can call me Brando. Join with me as always. My man, your man, everybody's man, Ben the Law Watson. Don't wind up on your back, bro. Hey, Ben. What up? I think we got to give our peeps a look. We got to tell them what time it is. Oh, You know what time it is, right? Because you know it's big. Ten weekend. All right, for all of our yeah. listeners, all of our listeners, you know how it goes. I need you to stand up, get up on your feet, and do it with us. You ready? It's big, big ten, ten weekend. Oh, I love that, Ben. I love it. <laughs> I don't know where it came from. I don't know. I don't even know how we got started doing that, but I, it's awesome. The first podcast or the first Big Ten re- recap or. Uh, you know, preview, baby. You just gotta look. Big tens, man. You know, we cover it all. We cover it all. But we're in Big Ten country. But we love, yeah, we love the Big Ten. We gotta devote some time to the Big Ten. ten. I, I agree. I was thinking about that today when we were, you know, you know, kind of game planning for this podcast, and I was like, man, we always just talk about the Big Ten conference tournament, and I, and then it finally hit me. We're in Big Ten country. Big Ten country. This is where we're at. Right. Okay? So that's what we're going to talk about. Yeah, well, you know, we talk about a lot of things, but we got to hit up the Big Ten. I mean, anytime you got, what, 30 All-Americans? 78 allocations? Yeah, 38, yeah 78 allocations. That's what you need to talk about. That's and you're right. I do believe, at least in all of the precedes, there's 30 returning or previous All-Americans, which is crazy. That's that's basically an average of three per weight class. Yeah. So. You may think that seems down. Maybe it is. Maybe it's not. I don't know. But this tournament, as always, will be fire this year. I'm a little bummed we're not going this year, though. It's who, in Minnesota. Who decided to have it in Minnesota? Who's in Minnesota other than Jason Bryant? Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> there you go, JB. That's, that's true. But, yeah, you know. <laughs> and we, he ain't even going. Is he, oh, yeah, you're right. He this probably guy, got something else to, to Well, he said he was covering uh, either D2s or D3s, and then he was going to make it back for the last, you know, the second I day of you. Big Tens. Yeah, we've been to Big Tens three years in a row. I think it was Ohio State, and then um, was it three out of four or three? Yeah, and then Indiana and Michigan State. So, you know. We've hit up the Big Ten a lot, and I'd love to go, but you know it's just hard, especially with you know when we're going to be heading to Pittsburgh here in a couple of weeks to to be able to also get that time off to travel to Big Tens. But I tell you what, I'll be watching it. Look, at the end of the day, I'm not going to lie. Um, I do not believe in pressing my luck, and I was not going to ask my wife permission to fly <laughs> to Minnesota for the weekend to watch the Big Ten wrestling tournament after she is always, always so willing to let me go to all the other wrestling stuff. I was not going to blow it two weeks before Pittsburgh. I got you. Yeah, anyway. I got you. You can be stuck at home. All right, guys. As I said, 
It's the Inside Trip Wrestling Podcast, episode number 86, 14 away from 100. And I'm telling you right now, when we hit 100, we're going to have a party. Oh, it's going to be nasty. It's going to be we're gonna sick nasty. We're going to get a nasty. keg of uh, Miller High Life, and we're just going to go to town, and you and I are going to finish that keg before we do the podcast. We should probably just go to some random bar, some like old fogey bar, and do it right in the middle real loud. That's that. That sounds like a terrible Here idea. Here in Dayton, so I'm in. So I, I'm 100 percent in on that. All right. So uh, as I said, episode number 86. You guys know how to find us on Twitter at the Inside Trip One on Facebook, the Inside Trip. Got that little Instagram thing we're working on, the Inside Trip as well. And if you want to send us an email, it's the Inside Trip One at Gmail dot com. And it's up for the podcast itself. Listen. If you're listening, you know where to find us. You've already found us. All we got to do is continue to subscribe, download, listen, and give us that old funky rate and review. Hey, there's a new <laughs> we got a new person listening on a different podcaster. It's called a Rocket Pod. Rocket Pod? Yeah, so you got the pod Red the rocket pod. rockets in flight. Yeah. Afternoon new delight. I had a dog once that had a red rocket all yeah. the time. That's strange. But yeah, so there's a rocket pod, there's Podbean, there's also iTunes. You know, you choose. It's Apple Podcasts. It's, yeah, or Apple Podcasts. Google Play. Yeah. SoundCloud. I'll, I'll let you choose which one you want to uh, to listen to it on, but I would go with Podbean or Rocket Pod. Would be one of my two favorites. Yeah. yeah. And don't forget about Stitcher and Spreaker. <laughs> all right, guys. Uh, real quick, just got to wrap up a little bit more business. Um, hey. It is Big Ten weekend, conference weekend, which means we are basically two weeks away from the big Division One National Wrestling Tournament in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. So with that said, you know you need to know your shit before you go out there. Don't go out there not knowing your shit. Yeah, don't go out there just spouting off stats, some fake stats like me and Ben like to do on this podcast sometimes. Yeah, listen, don't be us. Don't be us. Trust me, you don't want to be us. So how do you avoid being us? You order the number one wrestling fan guide in the business, put out by Jason Bryant himself. I mean, I don't know what else to say. This thing is all-inclusive. I hear ESPN uses it. I hear the the announcers use it. I hear everybody uses it. The Inside Trip uses it. We definitely use it. So, with that said, go to WrestlingPreviewGuide.com forward slash Inside Trip. You're going to have access to that wrestling fan guide and you know what it's normally $20 but if you go to where I just told you to go you're going to get it for 14.99 yeah you get that $5 discount whoop, you whoop. save some money me and Ben get some money in our pocket to help support oh, our yeah. uh, our podcasting habits which typically involves a little bit of booze um and if that's too complicated for you go to matttalkonline.com look for the link for the wrestling preview guide click on the link Purchase the link and use the promo code Inside Trip, all one word. You're going to get a $5 discount. You got to do it. Yeah. That's all right. what I got to say about that. That's all we got to say about that. One thing we do have something to say about, and I might even get a little choked up over this part, Ben, all because. Right, don't do that. That was strange. I, I'm trying not to. Guys, on our last podcast we put out Sunday, we told you we got these t shirts available. They are sick shirts. In addition, we're also trying to raise money for an amazing nonprofit organization, Wrestle Like a Girl. I want to tell you right now, the initial response the first three days has been nothing short of spectacular. 
Shirts haven't even gone to print yet. They're going to print tomorrow. We've already sold out of one size. I already had to call back and order additional on another size. That's how great you guys have been, and we completely appreciate it. We've got two shirts for sale right now. We have a black vintage black shirt with hot pink and teal color scheme it's our logo on the back it's going to say don't wind up on your back bro it's amazing it's it's going to be a great shirt that shirt is $30 and we are donating all of the proceeds to wrestle like a girl it is Ben and I's wish or hope to be able to sponsor some young women to go to one of their camps or to help subsidize the cost for them to run a camp Um, if that's not possible we're going to ask them to put the funds towards their high school sanctioning um, uh, funding, basically. We've also got a red shirt available with a yellow and blue color scheme on that. That shirt is $25. Ultimately, that shirt just goes to help cover our podcast cost. That's basically it. We're not making much money on this. In addition, we do have those custom koozies available for $5. Listen, guys. Keep your beer cold while you're listening to it. That's 100% true. I, I just have to say... It, it, the initial response has been more than overwhelming. Literally, we talked about this for the first time on Sunday night's podcast. We put out a social media blast on Monday. I literally spent all day Monday tracking orders ready to send to our vendor so that once these shirts are printed tomorrow, they'll be able to start shipping these. You guys have been nothing short of amazing. We appreciate it. But we still have a little bit to go to get to our goal for what we want to donate to Russell Like a Girl. So please, please, if you haven't done so already, order a shirt, support a great cause. If you have done so already, tell a friend, tell your mama, tell your daddy. These shirts will make anybody look good, I promise. That's what I'm talking about, baby. These aren't like, what are you talking about, like Kroger brand, Hanes, Walmart brand shirts. These are next level tri-blend shirts. You know, these are nice shirts that you're getting here. These aren't just the shirts that are, you know... You know, kind of those terrible cotton. These things are going to be comfy. Either you or a loved one is really going to like it. And not only that, you're supporting a great cause. So come on. Go out there. Pimp that shirt. I'm going to do the same thing I did last year. If I see somebody at NCAA's repping an Inside Trip t-shirt, you're drinking on me, baby. It's got to be one of the new ones, either the red or black. Yeah, I ain't. I ain't, I ain't yeah, the old ones, come on, man. You old news. You old news. No, if, you, if you're repping one of the new ones, I'm buying you a beer. I might buy you two beers. I'll buy, buy you what you want to drink. We're going to drink a little bit. We're going to have a little bit of fun. I'm glad you said that because I was getting ready to say the same thing. But since you just said it, that means you're paying for it. I was literally going to say the same thing, but I'm so glad you did because now it's on you. But seriously, no, Ben and I, if we see you in Pittsburgh at one of the local watering holes where we are sure to be in between sessions, after sessions, you're repping one of these new shirts. Before sessions. <laughs> Before sessions, Yeah. <laughs> Um, you know what? We will buy you a Miller High Life in honor of the podcast because you know you sipping on that DIT. Oh, you, if you know what I mean. All right, all right, all right. Well, to anybody at, that's still listening, who? To anybody that's still to listening. anybody that's still listening. Exactly. It's time to talk the Big Ten Wrestling Tournament. This tournament's amazing. It's, it's absolutely amazing. Big Ten Wrestling Tournament. Oh yeah. Ben's already predicted. That Maryland is going to win the tournament. Yep. Ten champs. I don't think Maryland had anybody seated in the top eight. It's it's not good. It's not good. But you know what? Let's focus on the good. All right. Let's focus on the good. You know what? How you want to run this? You just want to run us down from 
25 to 285 and call it good? Or what? Let's do that. Uh, first of all, for those that who have not been paying attention lately, um, the Big Ten Conference was essentially awarded 78 allocations, 78 automatic bid allocations to the NCAA wrestling tournament. Uh, when you break these down by weight class, you got nine at 125, eight at 133, nine at 141, six at 149, nine at 157, nine at 165, eight at 174, eight at 184, five at 197, and seven at 285. Obviously, as always, the Big Ten Wrestling Tournament is awarded the most allocations, and that's typically where we see the majority of the, the All-Americans come from. That just goes to show you how great this tournament is. And I'm pretty sure if our statistics are right, as we mentioned earlier, there are 30 previous All-Americans seated, preceded in the top eight so far in this tournament. It's going to be great. And if you want to talk about 30 All-Americans, uh, let's, let's start um, you know, nowhere but 125 where they've got four returning All-Americans. There is. You're absolutely right. And the first thing – so. Right now, you know, there's four. Uh, okay, nine allocations at 125. It looks like they're going to seed all 14 guys, which right. is surprising to me. Why would you seed 14 guys when there's only nine? You know, nine allocations. I don't know. I don't understand that. That's if, my if, own it's, if it's over eight allocations, they seed them all. Do, is that what it is? Yeah. Okay, thank you for clarifying that for me. Um, I, I've got one little thing I'd like to say about 125 before we get into it. One of the things I always look forward to when these pre-seeds come out, or even seeds in general, was. Was there anything seated, anybody seated that maybe we were, it was a surprise to us or any type of seating, you know, uh, criteria or outcome that was a surprise? And I actually was a bit surprised with the three and four, with Sean Russell being seated three and Rayvon Foley being seated four. Now, I think there's an argument to be made for both. You could go either way. Sean Russell, 18 and three on the season, only one conference loss to the, the, the projected number two seed, Spencer Lee. Rayvon Foley, 27-3 and on the season, only one conference loss to the projected one seed, Sebastian Rivera. Both have wins over Piotrowski. Both have wins over Drew Madden. Russell has the win over Moisey. Foley has the win over Heinzelman, the 7-8. and eight. Those are the 7-8 and eight guys. So I think, I think an argument can be made for Foley to be that three seed. Yeah, I think it was his last match. He lost to Drew Hildebrandt. You know, and, I, and I know that it's, not, it's an out-of-conference loss, but, you know, when you're dealing with coaches that are doing the seeding, and it's not necessarily a, a uh, it's not necessarily a criteria for making a determination of who's to be seated where, I think that that last loss looms a little large. Other than that, maybe he does see the three seed. Um, does which, it really matter though? Maybe, well, yeah. Pick do you your think poison. he? Do you think he would rather be on the, uh, at the four on the Rivera side, or do you think he'd rather be at the three on the Lee side because Lee's kind of owned him? Well, and Lee stuck him last year at the Big Tens when when um, Foley tried to go upper body with him. That was a really interesting oh, exchange. Oh, yeah. Basically, he fucking lat dropped yeah, him or whatever. Yeah, an interesting exchange. And um, so you, you know, I, I I think it's pick your poison the way Sebastian Rivera's wrestling right now. Let's not let's not. Uh, Let's let's not put him down. You know, you know. The bottom line is, I think that. I, I yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I think that's probably the reason why they, they did that seating the, the way it is. Um, you know, but not to nitpick too much. I mean, I no, think no, both I, these guys I, are going to get that out. Was right? just, that was just one. You know, when I look at all of these weight classes, Ben, I always you know it's interesting interesting to see how the seeds are going to play out and. 
you know, we've talked all year long, or not all year long, but recently a lot about how, you know, how we think certain guys should be seated because there's been some controversy in the Big Ten with missing matches or things like that. This well, we're going to see that. We're going to see that at 141. Oh, we are. Yeah. And possibly 184 as well. So, right. and 165. So, with that said, that was the only thing I saw at 125 from a seating perspective. Ben, who do you like to clear these quarters to the semis? So, you know, I think Sebastian Rivera, he's going to have either Heinzelman or Schroeder um, in in the um, the quarter. I, I got him clearing that. Um, y- you know, uh, when you're looking at the five versus the four, you know, give me Foley. I, I like him over Piotrowski. Uh, you know, the three-six, give me Sean Russell over Drew Matten, although I think that's going to be an interesting um, an interesting match. And then you got the seven versus the two. You know, you're going to take Spencer Lee there. So I think that you're going to have Spencer Lee um, wrestling Russell, where they had a real tough one earlier in the year where Lee only beat him 4 0. Uh, so I got, I got Lee, I got Lee clearing that, um, you know, uh, that semi. And then I got uh, Rivera um, clearing the other semi, probably over, let's say, uh, I think I said, uh, well, you got. Man, you're going all the way through this. Yeah, sorry. All right. Five versus four. Yeah, <laughs> so I got, I got, yeah, I got. So basically, I got Rivera over Russell, or no, excuse me, Rivera over Foley and Lee over Russell to make the finals. Okay, so I mean, basically, sorry. basically in the semis, you've got to go and chalk one, two, three, four, and that's fine. That's that's how I do it as well. That's that's how I see it as well. Yeah. Um, I I, I really. Uh, ultimately, I'm I'm picking Sebastian Rivera to. To, to meet up with Spencer Lee in the finals, and I think you know you probably are as well. Absolutely, uh, I do like Russell to clear to the semis um, as well as Rayvon Foley. Um, keep in mind, you were talking about an interesting matchup between um, uh, who did you say Foley and was it uh, Matten? Uh, yeah. No, no, Matten's going to have Russell. Yeah, Matten's going to have Russell. Um, I think that I think that'll be interesting. I think I think that'll also be a early morning. Match they wrestled the semis. I can't remember if they wrestled the semis. Well, it's a match. It's, it's a match that's already taken place this yeah. year. Russell beat Matt in seven to three at Cliff Keen. Okay, so you know, I think obviously Russell is the favorite there. Um, look, the real story at this weight class is what's going to happen between Spencer Lee and Sebastian Rivera when they meet in the finals. Um, it's 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 really hard not to get the losses that Lee's taken out of your head this year. So I'd love to hear. I mean, who do you have winning this bracket? The crickets that you're hearing right now, or is my mind going? What's your blank? gut feeling? I mean, in, initial thought. Just pick it. Give me Spencer Lee. Yeah, exactly. I've said it before. I, I, I've said it before. Um, I, I still am on the Spencer Lee bandwagon to win this weight class at, at, in March. Um, I think he gets his first Big Ten title. I, I really do. Um, I think he figures it out. The problem, the, the the problem that I have when I'm thinking about this though, if I want to debate it too long or think about it too long, is that. The two losses that we've seen Spencer Lee take this year, one of them being to Sebastian Rivera, they figured out his style. And one of the things that we've talked about, and I'm starting to, that does worry me a bit about Spencer Lee is has he become one dimensional on his offense and on his top game? And are people, you know, do they have that scouted? With that said, I saw what he did last year with the lights on. He was every bit as dominant as what we would expect him to be. To be. And I like Spencer Lee to, to even the series with Sebastian Rivera at this tournament one to one. You know, do you see any bracket busters here? I mean, obviously, I think the Sean Russells had a really nice season. Same with Rayvon Foley. But, you know, I think a match that we're going to see somewhat early is Drew Matten versus Zeke Moisey. 
I think I think we're going to see that probably in the you know uh, I don't know if it's called the Conti Quarters or not, but um, you know that that's a match that I think we're going to see early that. You know, it's going to make it, look. It, you got nine qualifiers; they're all going to get out. Everybody I, that needs to get out is going to get out. But one of those guys isn't going to place in the top six. I think the match between Matten and Moisey has the potential to be a very good match because you never know which version of Moisey you're going to get. You also don't know what version of Matten you're going to get because he cuts a lot of weight. And so now, does Moisey's cutting a little bit this year too. I think they've already wrestled this year. Drew Matten beat Moisey at the Cliff Keen three to one. So you know, you know, you have that right there. Matten's a big guy. He's good on top um there's something i don't know if it's at the national tournament or if it's just postseason in general but there's something about moisey who knows how to turn it on when that time comes and he he's also a senior um i kind of like i kind of like moisey in a rematch yeah and and i think if moisey pushes through there he's gonna end up having um let's see he's gonna have like a sean russell so i mean he, he could potentially push to the you know the finals of third and fourth. So and, and let's I, talk I team. Impl- let's talk team implications. So I think here. that Moisey. What I was guess what I was trying to say is I think Moisey can make a deep run here. I think he, he could, even though he loses the Lee. I got him losing the Lee early. I think he could make a deep run and be wrestling for third and fourth. It's very well possible. Um, I'm extremely high on Rayvon Foley. Okay, even with his loss to Hildebrandt that he just had. Previous to that, he only had two losses on the year. They weren't bad losses, um, and he's had a phenomenal season. I really like Rayvon Foley, Foley to come out third in this tournament. Um, let's talk team race implications and, you know, obviously qualifiers. Um, what do you think, what are Heinzelman's chances to get out of here in the top nine? Do you oh, like it? You know, I like it, but I, I think that it's going to be tough because it's going to have to beat a guy like Oliver. Who he's already beaten this year. But it was tight. It was tight. You're right. It was tight. You're absolutely. Tight. And these guys like Oliver. When he's got to beat Schroeder first round. They're veterans. They've, they've wrestled in this tournament before. They understand what it's, where it's at. Well, Oliver's qualified three times, right? Correct. And, and Schroeder, um, you know, is a little bit more of a um, – he's got a little bit more experience um, as well. Well, I I think Schroeder was a redshirt last year. Um, he's got him first round. That is not, that is not an easy match for, for Millie Kinzelman. I think his goal is to I think his goal is to somehow make sure he finishes top top nine. He has to. Now he I think that he'll get a bid. I think he would get a bid if he didn't. I think he's got enough I think he's got enough, you know, w- wins on his resume to do that, to, to get to get the bid if he doesn't. But um there's no guarantee he finishes top nine because I just think if you look outside I think he's better than Cray, Schnupp, Metzler and, and Rotundo. But I you know, I think he's probably even with Oliver, he was a late duck under away from that. Uh, and Schroeder's going to be, I mean, that's going to be a dogfight right out the gate. Yeah, I, I think, I feel confident that Heinzelman will get a bid even if he's not in the top nine because, one, I believe he's currently 15th in the current in the most recent RPI, and then in the coaches' rankings, uh, the most recent coaches' ranking, they have him at, they have him at 30. So he's kind of on that bubble. you got to be 33. Um, I think that's good enough to get But he's got a, a good RPI. Yeah, so... Uh, uh, yes, I, I I do think we see Heinzelman at the national tournament. Do you see Devin Schnupp at the national at the national tournament? No, 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 no. I don't either. He's he's gonna have to qualify out of the Big Ten. Correct. Which he's not been able Correct. to show that he can do. Let's go to one thirty three, man. This weight class, I mean, it's gonna be insane at the Big Ten tournament. Every bit is it's gonna be insane at the national tournament. You're looking at what do we have? Eight allocations here. 
eight allocations, eight automatic bids at 133. I mean, look at your top eight. Number one, Michich. Two, DeSanto. Three, Suriano. Four, Roman Bravo Young. Five, Luke Pletcher. Six, Lezak. Seven, Ben Thornton. And eight, Dylan Duncan. I mean, just in the top eight, you've got four returning All-Americans, and two, including two returning national finalists. That does, that's not to mention Austin DeSanto, who didn't even All-American last year, who's the projected two-seed in this weight class. Roman Bravo Young, an outstanding freshman. This weight class is going to be very very, very interesting to watch. And, I mean, we're talking, think about think about quarter quarterfinal matchups. That's what Roman I'm talking Bravo about. Roman Bravo versus Luke Pletcher, Suriano versus Lezak. These are two, Suriano and Lezak are two guys who have been in the NCAA finals before. That's crazy. And now you're talking about your quarterfinal matchup between Quarterf- Suriano and Lezak. Gosh. And then Luke versus Roman Bravo Young. That's a, obviously a rematch of the duel. Um, who's Michik? Who would Michik? Who's, who, who's Michik uh, looking at in a, in a quarter? He would be looking probably at Dylan Duncan. Yeah, probably Duncan. So that's not too fire. And then you've got um, Thornton versus DeSanto. So those quarters aren't DeSanto really lucked out by getting the two seed there. Not saying lucked out. I mean he earned it obviously by with that win over Nick Seriano. But the top two guys are going to have easier quarters, right? Michik and DeSanto. But then after that, your quarters look gnarly. Seriano versus Lezak. I tell you what, if the Lezak that Normally, sure, March shows up. I mean, I think the last time they wrestled was when Suriano was a freshman. He kind of put it on Lezak, but, you know, I don't know what to expect between that match. And I think the best quarterfinal matchups, Pletcher versus Roman Bravo Young. Can Pletcher open up enough to beat Roman Bravo Young? Or is Roman Bravo Young, who didn't open up in their duel, ready to open up in this match? Because if he does, I don't know who to favor. Who do you favor if Roman Bravo Young opens up? Do you favor the counterattacker and Luke Pletcher, or do you favor the dude that really knows how to score some points? If RBY really opens up his offense in a match against Luke Pletcher, I actually favor Pletcher. Okay? That's what I'm thinking. I do, because that's where Pletcher's at his best. You attack on him, he's got great defense, he counters your attacks, he gets to his offense. Roman Bravo Young is also a great counter-wrestler in his own right, and if Pletcher is forced to take bad shots... RBY is going to eat him up. Hence, why we saw a duel—you know, a, a match between them in the duel that went into the into, into sudden victory, one to one, because neither one of them were opening up. I think they knew that. That that to me, I think they know each other's style. That was scouted, and that might have been purposely or purposeful. Yeah. Well, I remember Roman Young was coming off a knee injury. You know who I think really got screwed in here in the projected seeds is Lezak. If I'm Where Lezak, you put him? if I'm Lezak, I would prefer the seven over the six because I would rather, if I'm Lezak, give me my rematch with DeSanto before pl- f- m- m- making me face Suriano. Yeah, but, but but I mean that's not getting screwed. I mean you, you know you get you get what you earn, right? I mean he, he was better than Ben Thornton this year, but it's funny that you said that because I'm going to take Lezak over um, over Suriano? Nick Suriano. Okay, that interesting. I'm going to take Lezak over Suriano and give me. Um, Give me, uh, uh, give me Roman Bravo Young to beat Pletcher, and then give me. So where am I at here? Lezak versus. Who do I got? Oh my goodness! So I got Lezak versus. Um, I got Lezak in the finals, and then I've got Mechik over Roman Bravo Young. So I'm gonna shock you a little bit here. Yeah. Okay. Um. I mean, obviously, I think the guys clearing to the semis is going to be Michich. Um, I see 
I'm going to pick Pletcher this time to clear to the semis over RBY. Um, That'd I think, be nice. I think Siriano definitely handles Lezak, moves on to the semis. Um, the bottom half, I mean, really, Austin DeSanto is, it, it couldn't have asked for a better position. Um, I think you're going to see the one, the five, the three, and the two in the semis. Um, I like Suriano over DeSanto. I like Michich over Pletcher. And I like Suriano to, be, to, 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 get, to get the revenge on Michich this time. Really? You know, last time they wrestled, it was three to two. I like Suriano to win a Big Ten title at 133. And I got Michich over DeSanto. All I got right. I got DeSanto beating um, uh, Lee Zach. Okay, okay. In the Look, semis. In listen, the semis. That just goes to show you how crazy this weight class is going to be. Um, any any sleeper there that can make a run outside of the top six? I, I mean, I, I mean, don't see any one of them making a run to the third, fourth place match outside the top six. Honestly, when you talk about sleepers, look, there's eight automatic qualifiers at this weight class. When you look at the top eight, eight seeds, I, I agree with them. Um, who outside of the top eight is going to make a run? Are we talking about a Tutolo, uh, a Colin Valvadez from Northwestern, a Jens Lance, a Conrath? I don't see any of those guys really making a run. Right. And I was looking at top six that maybe could make a run to third, fourth, and I don't see anybody well, outside the top six. I mean, no, I mean, because your top six, right. I mean, your top six is basically all Americans are guys ranked in the top three or four or five. Right, I got you. Know? you. I got you. All right, 141. Uh, listen, at 141, this is another Weight class where we have a seeding conundrum, in my opinion. Nine automatic qualifiers coming out of this weight class. Three returning All-Americans. You know, your top seeds at this weight class. Michael Carr from Illinois, one. Nick Lee, two. Joey McKenna, three. Tristan Moran, four. Kanan Store, five. Mitch McKee, six. Max Murin from Iowa, seven. Chad Red, All-American Chad Red from Nebraska, eight. And then after that's when you kind of see your drop-off. Ben, I got to admit, man, this is another one of those weight classes where we got a little bit of a seeding controversy, and I think it starts right at number one with Michael Carr getting the number one seed. I think there's a little bit of controversy there. I'm not saying I'm starting it. I'm not saying you're starting it. Oh, I'm starting it. But here's a guy who's 11-2 and two on the seasons. His only two losses, granted, are to Jaden Ironman, undefeated in the Big Ten. I get that. Right. But he hasn't wrestled the top guys. Now, Joey McKenna sat out against right. him. Right, he did try to wrestle. He re- tried right. to wrestle Ohio State. McKenna Correct. sat out. Mike Carr then turned around after that and sat out against Nick Lee. I'm thinking that might have been a little purposeful. Oh, he's on the light at the end of the tunnel now. Yeah, baby. So he said, "Ah, oh, shit, I got to wrestle Lee and McKenna. Let's go. I, you know, I'll weigh in for McKenna. You know, I'll just take my ass whooping. Yeah, and take then, my lumps. We'll see what we'll see. Yeah. We'll see how it ends up. Right. After and then that. he was like, "Oh shit, I got this little path now." Dang. And he's like, oh, "I got the sniffles." Got a sniffle. Nick Lee should be the number one seed. You think it was a sniffles? Nah, Nick Lee should be the number one seed. He's got the ducky. I think he had a battle of the Rhea. Uh, Duckeria? Diarrhea. Like he's ducking. Um, give me Nick Lee as the number one seed there. I think uh, so too. You know, he lost to Trent Moran, but he also got the best win. Which and, is funny and, because his best win is against the guy who's beaten Trent Moran. Correct. And Mike Carr. Not this year, but last year in the Big Ten. 13 right. to nothing, by so, the way. So, you know what? I'd hate to say it, but give me Nick Lee at number one. And what it does do is it makes a freaking. It makes Nick Lee's path much tougher. Against the healthy McKenna, I don't favor Lee. I'm sorry to say it. And I guess we're getting to it now, but I see McKenna beating Lee this time. You know, he was he beat him last time in a real tight match last year. Um, this at Penn year, State. Yeah, at in Penn the State. Big duel. This year, McKenna was just coming off. I don't know if it was injury or sickness. And look, you know, I'm not making excuses. He was putting it, he was putting it to Nick Lee, and then he just died. Anybody that watched that match knows that McKenna died. And anybody that watches McKenna wrestle knows that that normally does not happen. So was it Nick Lee or was it 
his sickness or was it a combination of both? Let's even go with a combination of both. I think McKenna's able to stave off Nick Lee this, this time to be able to make the finals. And he's going to have to wrestle Mikey Carr, a dude that he freaking worked 13-0 to zero in the finals last year at Big Tens. I agree with almost everything you said right there, but I'm just going to put it out there right now. Um, I don't think it was Nick Lee's pace that broke Joey McKenna in the dual match this year. Does Nick Lee have a great pace? Absolutely. I love watching Nick Lee wrestle. He reminds me of a, of a, of a young Zane Rutherford on his feet. Not on the mat, not with his top game, but on his feet. Right. Love that about him. But Joey McKenna was winning in the third period and still attacking Within the la- in the last minute of the third you period. You call that attacking? I call that <laughs> diving because it, it was that bad. Well, you know what? You would have been you would have been lucky to have been able to dive that well when you were in college wrestling. No, what, I, what I'm trying to say is he was dead. He was dead. But here's a guy who he was dead, but he's still attacking in the third period. So I'm going to call it the sickness, all right? And you know what? It could have been. With you. I'm with you. These two guys, Nick Lee, Joy McKenna, they're going to meet up in the semifinals, and you give me Joy McKenna all day long. But Yeah, but I think that both of them are better than Mikey Carr. I'm sorry to say it. I think so, too. Now, we have a really, really good match at the 4-5 with Kanan Store and Tristan Moran. They wrestled Tr- this year yet? Tristan Moran has had a, a pretty, pretty interesting season by all accounts. I mean, this guy gave Nick Lee a loss. Um, he's absolutely... Absolutely done everything that he could. He's twenty and six. I'm sorry, nineteen and six on the year, basically, um, with some real wins too. You know, his only losses in conference was a two to one loss to, to to Mikey Carr and a fourteen to two major to Joey McKenna. I don't um, think they. I don't think they wrestled. They did. They have not wrestled. You know, but he's got. You look at Tristan Moran. He's got the win over Nick Lee. He's got the win over Mitch McKee. Close loss to Mike Carr. He's got the obviously the bad loss to. Uh, to Joey McKenna, but Tristan Moran has quietly gone about having a really good season, and Kanan Store has done the same in his own right. Again, lost to Jade Nyerman. I think he's got a loss to to Mike Carr as well. Lost um, to Nick Lee. Joey lost McKenna. to Nick Lee. Joey McKenna. I mean, really, no bad losses there. So I think that four five has the potential to be a very very good match, and. Uh, I think they might be able to push uh, one of them might be able to push uh, to the finals. That's where I was going with that. Well, hell, I mean, let's talk about Chad Red versus Mikey Carr second round potentially. Yeah. Hey, hold on now. Let's not just annoy Mikey Carr as the finalist. And I apologize no, about. I'm not. I, no, I did that earlier. I'm not going to. Look, I did that earlier. Chad Red and Mike Carr just wrestled at the end of January, and it was four to three in tiebreakers. Tiebreakers. Right. What I'm saying is, I did that. And Mikey Carr beat him last year, too. Well, I, I did that. I was like, I'm going to see Joey McKenna beat Mikey Carr again. But, no, I, I totally forgot. Mikey Carr, Mikey Carr's got a road now. Here's he the, ain't got quite the road that McKenna Lee, semi, but there's a road to go if you got to wrestle a return All-American in the second round of the freaking Big Ten tournament. Mikey, okay, listen. Joey McKenna and Nick Lee have a tough road for the simple fact that Joey McKenna and Nick Lee are going to have to wrestle each other in the semis. Okay, right. there is no way anybody other than Joey McKenna and Nick Lee are going to meet in the semis, okay? Because, let's face it, Mitch McKee's not beating Joey McKenna. I don't see that happening. No. Oh, no. my God, no. And Mitch McKee's going to put himself in some terrible spots. A Max Murin or a Nate Lemix is not beating Nick Lee. That's just not going to happen. Those are your 7-10. and 10. That's right. who they would meet up with in the quarter quarterfinals. The thing about Mike Carr is Man, this. you're good at being able to know where people are at the bracket. I'm terrible at it. Oh, sorry. No, yeah, that's good. 
I'm like looking at my little bracket sheet I have in front of me, and I'm like, who's wrestling where? I don't have a bracket in front of me. I know. You're just better than I am at this <laughs> I just got to wing this shit. Um, the thing about Mike Carr, Mike Carr is a great, great wrestler. Yeah, I feel like I'm disrespecting Mike Carr him now. also has a lot of wins against what we would call the good guy, especially in this bracket, by one point. So when you look at it, Three to two over Kanan Store, five to two over Mitch McKee, six to four over Max Murin, four to three in tiebreakers over a guy like Chad Red, and then two to one over Tristan Moran. Those are matches that can be flipped. That Car McKee match is really fun to watch, by the way. I, I right now, I'm telling you, Ben, something tells me that Tristan Moran is gonna push through to the finals. You're what? You like it, huh? I, I, I like Tristan Moran to push through to the finals. Over Kanan Store and Mike Carr. Meeting Joey McKenna. So he would beat Store in the quarters. And then Carr, Carr in the semis. And, semis. And, then obvi- and then lose to Joey McKenna in the finals. That's my pick right Yeah, I think there. McKenna majored him earlier this year. Okay. So, That's so, my pick. You already made your picks. No, I I, I know. I'm just wondering. I'm, I'm trying to see if you <laughs> missed anything in this crazy freaking weight class with freaking Chad Red and Mike Carr wrestling second round. Um, I guess Mike Carr has beaten them both times that they've wrestled in college, at least um, for, for, in the Big Ten dual meet season. So it would make sense to pick Carr over Red. You know, you just you can't count out a guy like Red, right? I mean, that's just it's it's hard to do. Um, and if we're talking about anybody outside the top six that could potentially push to, um, Jesus, <laughs> we're talking about anybody. Brandon just poured a glass of the wine the size of my head. Um, if we're talking about anybody outside the, you, you should just drink it out of the bottle, bro. The ice cubes were in my glass. I'll get them. If we're talking about anybody that can push from outside the top six, that can push to the finals for third and fourth, give me, give me Chad Red. You know, give me Chad Red. I think that you know he's had an interesting season, but uh, I'm never going to count out a dude that's been an All American before because why? We've talked about it. They've been there, right? No, you're you're right. Listen and. This is where I, I can't tell you. I can't go, go by memory um, on the backside of the bracket, but I like a guy. Obviously, I like Nick Lee. With the way this bracket is set up, I like Nick Lee to finish third in this weight class. Chad Red's got but 10 losses give this me year. A, give me Mitch McKee. If it Ooh, works out I well, like I, like, I like Mitch McKee. If there's a way that Mitch McKee can meet up with Nick Lee for third and fourth, that's what I like. But I he was like... outside the top six. That's why I didn't pick him. Oh, okay. Chad Red's got 10 losses on the year, dude. Yeah. How many did he have last year going into the national tournament? How many did he have last year in total? He was 26 and 11 going into the NCAA tournament. Yeah. So he probably had, going into the NCAA tournament, he had. Uh, uh, like nine, nine losses? Ten. Eight. Eight. Eight losses? Yeah. He's got I mean, 10 so this, this, year. this is Chad Red style, man. Yeah, don't give me Chad Red. I lied. All right, let's go to 149. 149, uh, only seeding the top eight. Um,. Also, only six automatic qualifiers at 149. Right now, the way they have this, the seeds projected, obviously Anthony Ashnault from Rutgers, one. Mickey Jordan, Ohio State, two. Patricio Lugo from Iowa, three. Tommy Thorne. Man, Tommy Thorne with the four from Minnesota. The enigma that is Tommy Thorne. Um, He's going to lose to Cole Martin first After round. that, you got Cole or- Martin at five. Brady Bergie, six. Shane Oster from Northwestern at seven, and Malik Amin, number eight. Um, I mean, there's really there's 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 two things of intrigue in this weight class for me. Actually, yeah, yeah no, I got two there, things. There's two things of intrigue. To be honest with you, one, can Micah Jordan beat Anthony Ashnault? And two, what's Brady Berge gonna do? 
Oh, so I have three things then. Oh, are you going Pat Lugo? Well, I mean, Mike has beaten Pat Lugo twice, I think, when they were both at 49 two years ago. And, but they were, they were tight matches when, when Lugo was at, uh, at Edinburgh. Um, I, I mean, I think it's worth at least discussing. I, I think the reason why Lugo doesn't present a big problem to Mike is because he can't ride. Well, the funny thing is, Ben, um, I don't even think they're going to see each other because I think Micah Jordan's going to be wrestling Bergie in the semis. I think Bergie beats Lugo to push through oh, the really? semis. So I'm not even cons- I'm not even actually considering that right now. So I'm glad you are. It's it, it's great that you're looking at the other side of things. Yeah, um, Bergie. I mean, he. I don't know if he's had quite the season that everybody. You know, he, are we giving him a bump because he's a Penn State guy? Well, maybe a little bit. I mean, I. I, I I think that's that's a valid question to ask. Why are you so high on Patricio Lugo outside of his last match against Caden Gefeller? What have you seen from him? Well, a lot him, of inconsistency. I've seen, make, I've seen him make the round of 12 before. Oh, once. And then you saw him go 0-2 and, and then transfer because apparently Tim Flynn can't coach. Yeah, that was dumb. That was dumb. I, I mean, you're right. Brady Berge's only lost twice this year. He lost to Cole Martin 8-7. to That's not a good loss. So let's... Let's let's first bring that up. I mean, he's the got two. He's, he's got two. He's got two losses. He's got to beat. He's got to beat. He's got to beat a dude that. Well, no, he's not. Cole Martin's on the opposite side. Hold on a second, though, Ben. Look, a guy like Bergie, who is big for this weight class, they knew the big thing about Bergie this year was can he maintain the weight? So big he, cut. It's it's a huge cut, and you look at in dual meet formats. All right, with one hour weigh ins. He's his only dual loss against a guy like Cole, Cole Martin, one point. His only other loss before that was a one-point loss to Mitch Feinsilver, uh, three to two at the scuffle. Listen, I've gone on record multiple times that I think Mitch Feinsilver has the goods to actually win the entire thing at the national tournament. So, yeah, I think Brady Berge gets the job done against Lugo and pushes through to wrestle Micah Jordan in the semis. Well, you know, I was, I was freaking buying stock on Lugo last week, so I'm not just going to allow that to happen. So I'm buying, I'm buying stock on Lugo. I'm buying stock on his underhooks. I'm buying on his ability to to push the pace and wear Brady Berge out, a dude who is cutting a lot of weight. I think Micah versus Lugo is going to be a match, guys. Okay. Well, I I think it's going to be a legitimate match. I think Micah wins, and I think that Ashnault probably doesn't have much of a uh, um, challenge to make the uh, the other side, right? I mean, I think that it's Micah versus Ashnault in the finals. It's, it's my pick. Um let me just throw this little. Let me just throw this out there to you real quick, okay? Okay. This isn't a dual meet. This is a tournament. All right. And Brady Berge in tournaments this year has one loss in the two tournaments that he's wrestled. Keystone Classic. The only. I mean, he didn't have a loss. He medical forfeited one match. Other than that, he won all of his matches, including against teammate uh, Verclaren at the Southern Scuffle. His only loss three to two to Mitch Feinsilver. Beat. Uh, Round of 12 guy Jared Deegan from Iowa State, 7-4. to four. Beat Jared Prince, who you've always been high on from Navy, all right? Beat him 4-3. to three. This guy can wrestle in tournament settings. Jared Prince pretty good. Yes, exactly. So I think that you are, that, that you are basically, you're discounting what Berge can do because you've got the, the, the Patricio Lugo against Caden Gaffella recent results into your head. Hey, recent results make sense, though. Right, I mean, recent results are important to look at. Uh, look at how you kind of finish the season. All right. Well, I'm glad we're not picking the same thing. So let's get to the big question here, Ben. Ashnault, Micah Jordan. I mean, I picked Ashnault to win the 
win the NCAA, so I'm going to go astronaut. And I think that the, I don't think it's by turns this time. I think that Ohio State's smart enough to be able to figure out how to not get turned by astronaut. But I think that astronaut will do enough to be able to ride to get a riding time point if he needs to, or Mike is not going to go down. So either way, subtract a point, and I think astronauts at least. I think even if they're even, let's call them even. Other than that, you've got to subtract a point from Michael Jordan from his bottom bottom deficiencies by either getting ridden out or um, not being able or not being able to go down. And so, give me Ashnault and a tight one. I think okay. a tight one and okay. a, a lot less scoring. Okay. I don't think it's fourteen to ten this time. I think it's more like five four four three. No, I, I can absolutely respect that. And there is no shame in picking a guy like Anthony Ashnault to win at the top ranked guy in the country. Um, here's my thoughts on that, Anthony. Ashnault, Micah Jordan. Getting turned, getting turned from a guy when uh, in the referee's position is coachable and correctable. Gassing out because a guy has broken you on on your feet because of his pace is really not. Give me Micah Jordan. Give me Micah Jordan to not get turned and to continue to push the pace on his feet against Anthony Ashnault and get the takedowns that matter to win the match. And that's Man. not a homer pick. That's... That's just a game planning pick right there. No, I, I you know, I, I think that the Michael Jordan's got all the goods to do it, but I think that, you know, Ashnault's undefeated this year. He's taking all comers, and um, not only is he taking all comers, he's putting a whooping on some of them. Let's uh, a la Matt Kalazic by that win to ten to two, um, where he's not only just turning on top, but he's taking you down and putting you in danger right away. Um, he gonna get a takedown on Micah, and I think that Micah probably gonna get a takedown on him, and I think that. Mike is not going to be able to get away, but Anthony's going to be able to get away, and I think that's probably the difference. I think that is the difference. I don't think it's going to be back points this time. I think it's just inability to get out, and I think that's going to plague Micah Jordan at the NCAA tournament as well. Let's hope not. What would be great, though, or what we know, I think what we know is that if it goes the way we think it is, the winner of this match is going to be the number one seed at the NCAA tournament. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a that's a that's a fair assessment. I, I, yeah, I, I don't think you you can really argue with that. I completely agree with you. Um, what I love about this, Ben, is you and I are picking it in different ways based off of difference in, um, I guess, thought process, and I love that because usually we're we're just like, yep, yep right. I agree, yeah. I agree. Well, we haven't gone to one fifty seven yet. <laughs> <laughs> now, before we move on to one fifty seven, I do want to ask this question, and this is a legitimate question. What can we really expect, not just at this tournament, but the postseason in general, from Pat Lugo and Tommy Thorne? For Tommy Thorne, nothing. Uh, I mean, at this tournament, yeah, you can expect them probably to finish in the top eight. You can expect that. Although, would you be surprised if Tommy Thorne lost to Malika Mean? No. I would not be at all. Okay? Shane Oster, actually, I've had the pleasure of actually watching Shane Oster wrestle a couple matches this year just because um, Northwestern gets covered on um, uh, Big Ten to go a lot, so I always have them on in the background when I'm watching another duel. Oster can go. I'm telling you, Oster and Malik, I-, I wouldn't be surprised if Oster's already beaten Tommy Thorne this year. I don't have the results in front of me, but you got Tommy Thorne's results up? I, mean, what, I do. So, and this is losses? I this bet is, he's probably lost to a, a meaner Oster. This is one of the things that cracks me up with the inconsistencies in seeding. So let's compare Tommy Thorne and Brady Berge, all right? Tommy Thorne, 15-8 and eight on the season. Brady Berge, 11-2. and two. Did Berge wrestle? 16-2, and two, I thought. Was it 16-2? Is it I think it's 16-2. and two, yeah. Okay, maybe it's 16-2. I don't know. He's only got two losses. Did Berge wrestle every duel? No. No, he didn't. By design, okay? though. It wasn't ducking. It was just weight class management. Exactly. You look at their conference results. 
Tommy Thorne recently lost to Jordan Shear from Nebraska, 10-2. He's got losses against Lugo, losses against Ashnault. So, yet Tommy Thorne is projected to be the four seed and Bergie's the six seed? Now, pre-seeds too. No, the pre-seeds, you're right. No, you, yeah, right. That's all we have to but, go but, off but of, a lot, No, but a lot of pre-seeds, from what I recall, most of the pre-seeds hold pretty exactly, tight. Exactly, exactly. So, I don't understand it. I don't, and that's the thing with there not being any set criteria for this for this seeding tournament. Just a bunch of coaches in there, I guess, you know, arguing it out, kind of like a la back in the days when we were arguing in high school seed meetings. And the best was, well, my guy only lost to this guy by two points. My by, my guy beat this guy in a summer Greco tournament <laughs> on a slip. My guy stole this guy's girlfriend. That's right. We'll give him number one. Give him, yeah, that day. That's right. So. <laughs> I don't know what to expect with Tommy Thorne. Um, well, I guess I do expect the unexpected. To talk about Pat Lugo, I think that with, from the national tournament, I, I think that you can probably expect Pat Lugo to finish anywhere from, well, I think that you, he's around a 12 guy. I think Pat Lugo's probably around a 12 guy. At and, minimum. Yeah, and what do you say? When you get the round 12, you got a shot. But here's guys outside the, here's guys, guys outside the round of 12 right now. Um, Ranking-wise, Gefeller, Oliver, Heil, Deegan, Cole What's Martin, Brady Berge. Gefeller's ranked nine. Lugo's eight. Because they were just wrestling. Lugo beat him. So Lugo's ranked All-American. But, I mean, if any one of those guys I just said, Berge, Martin, Deegan, Heil, Oliver, beat Lugo, would you be surprised? I wouldn't be at all. No, I would I'm telling you what, Josh Heil no, I... pretty – I think that he's got a good – Okay. Anyways. Go ahead. Back to the Big Ten. Yeah, I know. I yeah, know. Please, I, now back I... to the Big Ten. Um, when I compare Tommy Thorne and Pat Lugo, here's how I compare them. Tommy Thorne, I said this before, and I'm going to say it again. He strikes me as a guy who's ready to be done wrestling. That's it. Pat Lugo, I don't think he has a choice but to continue to fight for that Iowa team. I, I don't. I, I think they're going to hold him accountable. I think guys like Spencer Lee, Austin DeSanto, Alex Marinelli, uh, those guys. Sam Stoll? They're, they're going to hold him. To, uh, uh, Sam Stoll. No, is but those other guys, they're going to hold him accountable. <laughs> and um, I, I think when you transfer from Edinburgh and a coach like Tim Flynn to Iowa, the Brands Brothers as well, they're going to hold you accountable. I think Pat Lugo, we can probably expect, you know, or we shouldn't be surprised to see if he has success going into the postseason, um, especially how he ended his regular season. Tommy Thorne, I think, is ready to be done. Yeah, I think that you and I just said the same thing in different ways, and I think that's perfect. You know who's not ready to be done until he wins his third NCAA title? Jason Nolf. That dude, he going to win the, NCAA, or the Big Ten tournament. But this weight class is really, really good. You know what's crazy? Jason Nolf only won one Big Ten title so far. Nathan Thomasello's won four. So Nathan Thomasello is better than Jason Nolf. Yeah. And that's all I got to say about that. That's all you got to say about that, huh? This weight class is pretty fire, yo. I mean, nine Just automatic. At it now. Look, nine automatic qualifiers. Um, three. The, the crazy thing, dude. You is got a dude from the three freaking quarters. returning all Americans. Yeah, and you got a dude from the, that made the NCAA quarters last year, ranked outside the qualification. Yeah, Van Brill, remember? You made the yes. quarters last year, and dude ain't even freaking ranked to qualify. No, he's, they got him preceded ten. So, all right, here's your top seeds at 157, projected seeds. Nolf 1, Berger 2, Deacon 3, Pantaleo 4, Caleb Young 5, Bleese from Minnesota 6, Keyshawn Hayes 7, 
Eric Jabroni Baroni from Illinois, eight. I'll even tell you Griffin Perriott from Purdue, nine. Get a little bit of a drop-off after that. Don't sleep on Perriott now, hot dog. I didn't say I was sleeping on anyone. Blees has had, like, a pretty good year, dude. I'm sorry. I'm just Now I'm just looking at people's stuff. Anyways, okay, so... I think we're this. Look, we can all agree this is Jason Nolf's weight class. All right, he's going to win this weight class, barring some unfortunate uh, catastrophe or injury. Jason Nolf will win this weight class. But when you look at two through five, I'll go two through five. Let's go two two, two through seven: Bergie, Deacon, Pantaleo, Caleb Young, Bleas, and Keyshawn Hayes. That's crazy. That is absolutely crazy. Who do you like to clear to the semis? Oh, God, if we're going semis. Give me your four guys in the semis. Well, Nolf's one. Who you got? Pantaleo uh, or Caleb Young? Okay, yeah, ask me those questions. Pantaleo or Caleb Young, I'm going to go. I'm going to take Caleb Young. All right. Am I crazy? I feel like Caleb Young, here's the thing. Caleb Young, he's an attacker. He really is. I, I know people don't think he is. But he was, got, look, Pantaleo was my stock down going into the postseason. But I'm concerned as an attacker against Pantaleo, if he gets that little freaking uh, pancake working, that could be a problem. All right, so give me Caleb Young. So I got Young versus Nolf in the semis, and give me Berger versus uh, Deacon. I mean, come, give me the moth, man. And, and, and honestly, you know what? I know Berger. You, know, you see Berger's tweet like a month ago when he said, I'm getting off social media. Right. I'm ready to take five skulls, including Jason Nolf's. Right. Well, he ain't going to take them at, at uh, Biggs because give me, give me Deacon versus Nolf in the finals. That's exactly how I have it, Ben. Which is ex- crazy because Berger's definitely been more contestable and um, closer to Nolf than Deacon was. But I just, you know, I, I really I really like Deacon for some strange reason. I do, reason. too. I think Deacon is amazing, and the fact that he didn't All-American last year as a freshman was shocking, but I think that's just driving him more this year. I I see a Jason Nolf, Ryan Deacon finals. Um, the, where, the, the, the interesting match to me in this weight class is the – Possible four versus five, Pantaleo and Caleb Young. Who do you got? I, I I went out on a limb and took Young. And I would, you know, I would love to do that. And even though I went stock down on Pantaleo going into the postseason, he is a battle tested veteran who's been in these situations. Um, Caleb Young really hasn't been in this type of situation where he's been ranked high. He's got a good seed going on here. Um, I, I think that favors. The experience, and I'm going to pick Pantaleo, and it's basically going chalk, I suppose, since it's the four over the five. But I like Pantaleo over Young. I would not be surprised in the least bit if Young won. But since you picked Young, I will pick Pantaleo. What do you think about Blees versus Hayes? That's like an early round. Um, that's a potential, not early round, but uh, that's a potential Conti quarter. I think that that's. Because I, I, I think that Hayes could make some noise, but I, I guess I just don't know enough about Belize except for the fact that I think he's had a decent season. Yeah, I mean, Belize has always been – he's always have had decent seasons. I think he's made the round of 12 once or twice in, in, in the past. Um, I don't think these two have wrestled this year. I would favor Keyshawn Hayes, but the thing is, this is on Belize's home court. 
Oh, good point. It's in Minnesota. Good does point. that play a difference? Does it even play a difference? I don't know. You yeah. you would think it I does. Don't I, I don't know. I I So what do they what are they getting here 9? No. Well, I, I I guess I guess you know, we'd have to even we, we I have to preface with that with the fact that Keyshawn Hayes beats John Van Brill in the first round. Yeah, they are getting nine qualifiers here. You got do you got Hayes over Van Van Brill first round? I do, I do. Van Brill's a um a game. Uh, what's it called? A big, big a home run hitter, and I don't think that favors somebody against Hayes. Now, look, we could, we could look, say that Hayes well, and Van Brill have already wrestled this year, and Hayes majored in ten to two. That's what I was just about to say. Oh well. You just fucking stole my thunder. I'm sorry. I was gonna like go into some <laughs> big fucking reason why Keyshawn Hayes is gonna be. I'm Van sorry. The funny thing was, I totally forgot about the result. I remember it now. But you know, you want to know why that makes me smart? It's because I was gonna go into some huge like rant about why I feel like Van Brill is such a terrible matchup for Hayes, and it turns out he was. <laughs> turns out he was. <laughs> it was a horrible matchup. Yeah. The only guys that have not been bad matchups for Hayes, um, or I guess. On their part has been the Deacons, the Jason Nolfs, the Tyler Burgers. I can tell you how to beat Hayes right guys. now. At this weight class, be bigger than him, throw an underhook. Be bigger than him and throw an underhook, and don't shoot like errant shots to where you get um, short dragged. That's how you beat Keyshawn Hayes because he's just not big enough. You know his the things that work for him are short drags. And being able to stay a little loose. Anyways, I don't. I hope I didn't give anything away. <laughs> I'm pretty sure these guys know how to scout. <laughs> um, all right, 165. This might be outside of 133, the best weight class in this tournament. Nine automatic qualifiers at 165. I got a four returning All Americans. You sorry, got a what? I, I, you got a fart. Do you remember? Last year at Big Tens. I do. When Louis Logan Massa yeah. beat Marinelli and, and flexed, flexed on Brands. Brands face. Dude. And Tommy Baranowski and Kevin Klaus were pumped about it wearing their Ohio State singlets. And I'm pretty sure Tommy's sister was pumped about it too. Yeah, because they were all flexed. Like, they were like, oh my God, Logan Massa flexing on Tommy. I mean, he flexed on. And not just to the point where you could like see it in the replay. We were, we were there live and we watched Logan Massa watch up, walk up and flex on him. And we're like, holy shit. That was awesome. 165 is just, it's just insane. All, it's great in the Big Ten. It's it, great. It, it's amazing. Look, 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 four returning All-Americans. The projected seeds, one, Vincenzo Joseph. Another seeding controversy here, possibly. Two, Alex Marinelli. Three, Evan Wick. Four, Isaiah White. Five, Logan Massa. Six, Tayshan Campbell. Seven, Bryce Martin. It, it really drops off after that. I will mention Joey Gunther was the was the the preceded ninth as well. But when you're looking at the top five guys in this weight class, the, you've got a national champ. Then you've got All-American, All-American. You've got a guy who was a D2 national champ and didn't All-American in D1 last year. And then Logan Massa, who took third as a freshman, failed to make the podium last year. Let me tell you how tough this weight is. Austin Hiles and Kowasaki are better wrestlers than I Ever was. Well, they wrestle in the Big Ten, dude. And those dudes are ranked 13th and 14th. No, they're seated. They're seated. You know what I mean? Sorry. Seated right. in the Big Ten. Honestly, Ben, this if you a- were in the Big Ten tournament back then, you would have been preceded. You're, you're, you would have been preceded like 21 out of 14 schools. <laughs> okay. That's what I'm trying to say. Like, these are. You would have had a rat tail match just to see if you could put your singlet on, not, not put it on backwards and like make it out to the mat. Every one of these guys should qualify for the NCAA tournament. 
I'm serious. Like Austin Hiles, if you look him up, he he's the dude that stalled out Tayshan Campbell last year. Well, there's been many a people stall stall out Tayshan oh. Campbell. So Vincenzo bro Broso. So let's talk about let first before we get into this, let's talk about the top two seeds, Joseph and Marinelli. I mean, there's a there's an argument to be made. Both of them undefeated. I I honestly thought they made the right call. Marinelli deserved the one seed. I, I disagree. Ooh, all right, now we talking. Disagree. I disagree, my man. And I the disagree. funny thing is, I can't remember if we had this conversation earlier. And I made I'm pretty sure I made the argument that Marinelli should be the one seed. But deep down in my heart of hearts, in my loins of loins, Vincenzo Joseph has done enough. To be the one seed. Now, he sat against Wick. He sat against Wick. Who? What's Vincenzo's best win this year? Chance Marsteller, probably? Vincenzo's yeah. best win this year? I would probably say Chance Marsteller, yes. Marinelli's best win is against Wick. Twice. And they both beaten Isaiah White. And they both beaten Josh Shields. They both beat... They, oh, they, uh, what's up with the Massas? Um... Uh, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Vincenzo Joseph beat Massa in, in sudden victory, and right. I'm not sure that Marinelli was, did not wrestle. Did not wrestle him. So here's how you have it. If I'm okay, because yeah, I remember this conversation. Vincenzo Joseph um, and, and and Marinelli have both beaten Isaiah White by close scores, two to nothing, three to nothing, something along right. those lines. Okay, um, Vincenzo Joseph has the win over Chance Marsteller. He's got a one point win over. Uh, I'm sorry, a sudden victory win over Logan Massa. Then you've got. Alex Marinelli, who's got two wins ah. over Evan Wick, and they both have wins over Josh Shields. So you probably should give it to Marinelli. Unless they're if you're just looking at if you're resumes, looking at this season, right? This season's resume, season, yeah. And the fact that Mar- that, that that Vincenzo and I love Didn't Vincenzo. Wrestle. Look, look, guys, listen. I like Vincenzo a lot. He's we're the name fun the inside to watch. We're named the inside. Exactly. Trip. We might as well just call this the Vincenzo Joseph pod- Wrestling Podcast. Yeah. But when you're looking at this season, this season, I'm sorry. I'm picking Marinelli up has picked up all comers, won the Midlands, beat Evan Wick twice. All right? I, I, I'm sorry. Marinelli deserved the one seed. Now, with that said, Ben, with that said, I think, I think Joseph getting the one seed actually is to his disadvantage because You don't like that always, matchup between White or Massa, huh? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, and you know the thing is, we haven't seen Joseph Wick, have we? Ever. We haven't. No. That, I'd rather see that, to be honest with you. Now I'm just talking like a fan. Um, well, we are fans. Because, I, I know, but we're, we've seen Marinelli Wick. We, we've seen it a lot. And I tell you what, though, we've seen it three times. I'm not sure that Wick ain't going to beat Marinelli, dude. Well, I'll... If he shoots off the whistle a little bit more. I think every time they've wrestled, Marinelli has figured a little bit more out of Wick and looked a little bit better against Wick. He's 2-1 and one against him he right now. He looked better at Midlands. Here's where I'm going to debate you, man, and I hate to do this. Marinelli looked better at Midlands against Wick than I think he did again. Well, I don't know. Maybe not. That, that, that digging deep to win at Wisconsin. At in Wisconsin, front of that crowd, exactly. And the only thing that made that match like as close as, as it was was that shot right off the whistle by Evan Wick, right? You know, so I think 
every time they've wrestled, Marinelli has figured a little bit more out and a little bit more out against Evan Wick to where he's looked a little bit better each time. You know what he's figured out? He's figured out his ability to potentially get out of reversing. Correct. He did that. He exactly. Did that in that duel. Exactly. I thought, so, I'm not saying you take down, but all of a sudden, if you get taken down, you don't freak out. So let's let me. I'm just going to guide you through this a bit. Please do. Okay. Here we go. Let's talk four five. Assuming the four and five meet, who do you have? Isaiah White or Logan Massa in the quarters? Jesus. Give me flex on him. You flexing on him. Give me flex on him. Give me Massa. White just doesn't have the offense. All right. So at three six, we've got Wick and Campbell. We're going Wick. I mean, right? Oh, it ain't, ain't no yeah, question. It, no question about that. So then it comes down to this, Ben. Do you have Vincenzo and Marinelli in the finals? Do you have Wick? Or Marinelli pushing no, through the Marinelli. finals. No, I got Marinelli. Okay. I got Marinelli winning. Now, on the top half, does Massa finally get it done against Joseph? They've had some close matches. They've had some bad matches. So Isaiah White, I'm sorry to go back to this. Isaiah White beat Massa 6-2 to two at Cliff Keen. Right. Oh, I got to look at that shit before I start just spouting off. I'll still take Massa. I'll still take Massa. I don't know why. Um... But you asked the, the finals question, do I got Marinelli taking out Joseph? No, do, do you have Joseph in the finals? You said you've got oh, Marinelli. Oh, yeah, 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 right. yeah, 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 yeah. Then who are yeah, you yeah. picking? You still on the Joseph train? Yeah, give me Joseph over Marinelli. Right. I like Joseph and I like Marinelli in the finals as well, and I'm going to stay with my pick, man. I think it's Marinelli's. I think it's Marinelli's year. That's a bold pick. Let me take you back to 4-5. Who you got? Hmm. Knowing that White beat Massa 6-2 and, you know, you got to remember, guys, we're, we're, we're flying off the seat of our pants here because, you know, we're having a good time. These are guys that both love wrestling in space, both love scrambling. Well, I'll put it this way. Massa, from what I've seen, loves to scramble, is a great scrambler. Vinci- or, uh, Isaiah White's just tough to score on. I mean, that guy's super solid. Dude, he's just tough to get past his head-hands defense, head-hands-hips defense. Um yeah, maybe maybe it is why. I yeah. like Logan Mass Logan Massa to win that match. Okay. I do. I like Massa to win that match. Even though he lost six two earlier. Yeah, I I, I agree. I maybe just because Massa showed out last year at Biggs. Right. He showed we thought he was back, remember? Yeah, we thought he was back. Exactly. So ultimately though, I like Marinelli over Joseph in the finals. You like Joseph over Marinelli. And if any of our Penn State fans are listening, feel free to send Ben a Penn State wrestling t-shirt because he is one of your biggest fans. <laughs> no, I will never wear it. Don't send it to me. <laughs> I'm telling you, don't send it to me. All right, my man, let's go to 174 where we have eight automatic qualifications up for grabs and three, I'm sorry, two returning All-Americans, including two-time national finals, national champ, Mark Hall, and... Miles Amin, two-time All-American. Your seeds play out like this right now. Mark Hall, number one. Miles Amin, number two. Dylan Liddy from Purdue, number three. Mikey Labriola from Nebraska, four. Devin Skatska, five from Minnesota. Ethan Smith, six. Ryan Christensen, seven. Then we start to see a little bit of a drop after that. You know the match I'm really excited to see is the rematch between Lighty and Smith. So they wrestled in the duel, and Lighty mm-hmm. kind of controlled him to mm-hmm. a uh, – Maybe like it was a five to three or six something match, but but Smith was in on a lot of shots he couldn't finish. Um, if he can finish those shots, I think that Smith has a chance to upset Lighty. Maybe that's a little homerism, but um, you know if we're looking for a, for an early round quarterfinal upset, um, I pencil that in there. I pencil that in Ethan Smith over over Lighty. 
I, I don't hate it, Ben. I don't hate it at all. I mean, I think if there's one thing that Ethan Smith has shown that he can do is he can be in almost every match that he wrestles. Um, a lot of his losses this year have been close losses. He, he can get to anyone's legs. He's just struggled to finish against the upper-level guys in scramble situations. But you know who really, really, I think the seeding worked out for them at this weight class? I think that's Mikey Labriola getting the four seed rather than the three seed over Dylan Liddy. You know, if you think about it, Mark Hall's the one. Miles Amin is the two. Miles Amin dominated him at Cliff Keen five to one. Labriola and Mark Hall had a battle in the duel. I, you know, I, I see where you're going there, and I don't disagree. But I think that I mean Skatska Labriola that was a seven to six match. You know that, that that's a tough that's a tough quarter right there um, for two dudes that have never all American before. I think the Skatsky Lab. I think this weight is great. I think that the quarterfinals are going to look awesome. Let's talk quarters real quick. You got the one versus the who in the quarters. Well, I think it's either going to be the eight or nine. You've got Drew Hughes from Michigan State. Or Joe Grello from Rutgers. Rutgers. So it's a probably not extremely exciting, although Drew Hughes has won a couple matches at the NCAA tournament. But but then after that, I really do think that there's some interesting matches in the quarters. Miles Amin versus Ryan Christensen. Christensen we haven't seen for a little while due to injury. Let's pencil Miles Amin into that one. But then, like we said, that's when we get, I think there's going to be two quarters that are extremely competitive. Lighty versus Smith and Labriola versus Skatska. And I tell you what, I'm going to pick upsets in both, and I'm going to take Skatska to beat Labriola this time, which I don't know why. I just really think that Skatska, I think he's a senior, um, you know, versus the freshman. I like him here. And Ethan Smith, I just think if he's a, got that ability to finish against the senior. and um, I, So now I'm going opposite and picking the freshman over the senior. Um, no reason for it except for the fact that I just, I've seen all these matches and I like it. Um, I like those two quarterfinal matchups. I think it's good. they're, they're going to be fun to watch, even though these aren't All-American guys that are previously All-American. No, ben, I think you make great points there, man. And Look, if there's one thing that you, you and I can both agree on in this weight class is that right now, Mark Hall and Miles Amin are head and shoulders above everyone right. else, right? right? Okay, I mean, uh, as, as we said already, Mark Hall, two-time national finalist, national champ. Miles Amin, two-time All-American, took third last year, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yep, but fourth and third. You're talking about picking an upset over Skatska against Labriola. And I got to say, my man, I disagree with you. Like you. Labri- you like the way Labriola's wrestling? I really huh? do. I mean, look at La- Labriola's season 20 and 4 on the year, okay? 20 and 4 as a redshirt freshman, one of the top recruits to come out two years ago. Look at his losses 5 to 3 to Mark Hall, 10 to 5 to Taylor Lujan. Five to one to Miles Amin. None of those losses are bad losses. He did get pinned by okay? Christensen, but he did in the get year. pinned by Christensen when he was right. up. That's what he I was. was up. He was up. Yeah, thank you. That's where I was going at with yeah. this. The point I'm making is is that Skatska's the grizzled veteran, okay? But Labriola is just the better wrestler. Yeah, and I, I think like, if you look at the wins uh, versus losses. I agree. And when you in, in these tournament situations like this, give me the better wrestler, and I think that's Labriola. I even think that he, him, and Mark I mean, Hall. Labriola has beaten him ten to five. It, right, that's that's Earlier my point. In the year. Exactly, exactly. I can't wait to see a rematch between Labriola and Mark Hall because the last time they wrestled, look, Mark Hall wins pretty much the majority of his matches against good opponents. Very close. He just knows how to win. But I'm ready for another battle between those two. Boys, do do we do, you, do we also not remember the Ethan Smith Miles Amin battle? Yes. Do they see each other? I think that they six versus two. 
Um, I yeah. mean, he would have to beat the three seed, which is Liddy. You like him to beat the three seed? I do too, actually. Ooh. I like Ethan Smith to beat Liddy. So we could see Ethan Smith, Miles Amin again. Yeah, but you know, I'm gonna tell you right now, Ben. I'm, gonna, I'm just gonna, t- I'm gonna just gonna squash That's a good that. Match. I'm gonna squash that. It's Mark Hall, Miles Amin in the finals. No, I know it is, but okay. that was you tell me that wasn't a good match. It was a great match. But you, you, you tell me that you're not going to see Mark Hall, Miles Amin in the finals? No, we're going to see Mark Hall beat Miles Amin. And, no. I, and I think it's going to be a very controlling win. So the, You said you're going to see Mark Hall beat Miles Amin? Is yeah. that what you said? Yeah, it's going to be a very controlling win, too. I think that Mark Hall is your champ this year. And I think that he's looked fucking damn good. Personal opinion, I think that... Yeah, I know Mark Hall's wrestled some tight matches. Mark Hall's always going to wrestle some tight matches. But has he been in danger of losing this year? No, and he's wrestled the Heat. Give me a match where he's been in danger of losing. Well, I mean, you know, these these two just wrestled. It was 3-2. to two. Very close match between the two. The problem is, is it's very hard to pick against Mark Hall against anybody other than Zahid Valencia because Mark Hall just knows how to... He finds a way to win. That's what I'm saying. He just finds a way to win. Whether it's through his athleticism, scrambling, uh, that fucking... Leg ride that I absolutely can't stand. It oh, just annoys the the, the, the Jesus the out of me. You know out. what I mean? Just hangs but out. At the end of the day, it's just within the, it's it's within the rules. I know. He's a two time national finals. He's a national champ. He was one of the greatest recruits of all time coming into college. Um, I think it's going to be a battle, but it's hard to pick against Mark Hall. I want Miles Amin to win. This is this is a guy that you know. Roots for Ohio State, and I'm I want the Michigan guy to win, but that's 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 just the nature of the beast, my friend. So I like this weight. I like this weight. I think it's gonna be a fun weight. You know, what, what do you think about 184? I think that there's uh there's some other potential seating controversy or discussions at least to be had about 184. Um, obviously not with the one seed. No, I agree with you. Look, 184, we got eight automatic qualifications coming out of this weight class, four returning All-Americans, including Miles Martin, who's been a national champ, Shakur Rashid, number two seed, who was an All-American at 197, Taylor Vance, who I think took third last year. If I'm not fourth, fourth last year. Parker Emory took Parker third. Took, yeah, Emory Parker took uh, third. Those are your three and four seeds. Then you got Cash Wilkie, who just seems to be battling in the round of 12 every year. He'll be there. Like. Um there's a bit of a drop off after those top five, but then you got tough competitors like you know an Embry from Michigan who, had he not been hurt the majority of the year, could have been seated a little bit higher. Don't sleep on Cameron Caffey from Michigan State. The fact that they have him preceded tenth is a fucking travesty, in my opinion, absolute travesty. Even over uh, seated under your boy Gravina, huh? Exactly. By the way. I'm not going to be at Biggs this year, but if I was, your daddy still ain't taking my Stromboli. Daddy ain't from taking me. the Stromboli, man. Gravina, he's not. He did. He hasn't. He doesn't really show out for Big Tens. I'll tell you that much right now. Anybody touching my Mar in this weight? I. I don't. Who would he got? Parker. He beat him eight four earlier in the year. I think that we got my Mar pushing to the finals, right? I mean, I think that it ain't. It ain't a. Are you even asking? Is that a real a question? It ain't a thing. I mean, it's it's a rhetorical, my friend. Talk to me about the seating here, though. D- does Shakur seed des- deserve the number two seed? Eh, no. He doesn't. He doesn't based off of what he's done. Why does he get the number two when Taylor Venz and Emery Parker have been out there wrestling? Um, especially Taylor Venz. Emery Parker's been injured, but Taylor Venz has been out there wrestling. Yeah, he's got some strange losses. He's also got some good wins. You're telling me Taylor, you're telling me Taylor let's just talk wins, not losses. Because Shakur Rashid hasn't had the ability to have the losses that Taylor Venz has. But let's talk about wins. Does Venz have better wins than Rashid? 
I mean, you know. I mean, I would say Vince does have better better wins than Rashid because Vince has wrestled the entire season. He's got some nice wins on the season. It's just really hard when you look at some of these weight classes. I can't figure out what the consistent rhyme and reason was was in some of these situations. Is it overall record? Is it conference record? Is it previous accomplishments? What is it here? Because Cause Taylor Vence has wins over Drew Foster and Nino Bonacorsi, to name a few. What, no, but what's, what's Taylor Vence's conference results look like? Oh, they're not that great. I mean, you know, he's lost to... Uh, well, no, they're not that bad. He's lost to Cash. Wil- yeah, he lost to Cash Wilkie and Miles Martin. I don't consider those bad losses, though. I don't consider them bad losses at all. Have, and, has Shakur Rashid beat either one of those guys? No, no, not at all. I mean, when you look at Taylor Venz, he's eighteen and five on the season. Took fourth last year at this weight class. His only losses in the conference is Miles Martin twice and, and a five to two to Cash Wilkie. He's got the win over Emory Parker. He's you know. Uh, yeah, he's beaten Parker, right? Yeah, he, he he beat Parker. Then you look at his out-of-conference results, and I think he's got good out-of-conference results as well. Yeah, very solid out-of-conference results. So, what... This is the guy we were talking about being the number two seed, in the, or number two ranked guy in the country. Uh, potentially. I still thought it was Zach Zabatsky, but... But you know what I'm saying? Like, just talking. Right. Now, the thing about Rashid, 16-0. He's got about an 83% bonus rate this Congratulations. year. Congratulations. Who's he wrestled? I mean... Honestly, Ben, outside of Sammy Colbray, um, you know, he, he did beat Hunter Boland, but Hunter Boland's in redshirt. Hunter Boland's actually a great wrestler for Virginia Tech, but he's in redshirt red this shirt. year. Doesn't, um, yeah. Sammy Colbray is probably his best law or best win, minus Jelani Embry, who he just recently so beat. Kurt Rashid should be the fourth seed, in my opinion. That's my opinion. You, you would seat him behind Vince and Parker? Yeah. I'm not sure I would seat him behind Parker. Parker missed a lot of the season as well and still has losses. Does Parker got better wins? I guess that's that's what I'm looking up right now. I mean, you know, and it is what it is, but of course I searched Parker on WrestleStat, and that's a freaking nightmare. Don't do that, guys. You should search Emory. <laughs> this is terrible podcasting. It's bad podcasting, Ben, but I'm just going to let you roll with it. Um, yeah, let's check Emory Parker. Okay, now I spelled his name wrong. There's an E instead of a... Ben, all you got to do is just, when you're looking at Taylor Venge, you just click on the mile, the Emory Parker result. Okay, so right now Emory Parker got is him. 13 and 2. Um, his losses, Mile Martin and Taylor Venge. 14 and 2 is his He's record. He's beaten Cash Wilkie. 13 and 2 is his, his record against matches wrestled, so medical forfeits okay. don't count. He's beaten Cash Wilkie. Uh-huh. He... So he's beaten He beat Cam, Cam Caffey. Yeah, that's, yeah, but that's not... So honestly, I'll take an undefeated. Yeah, you're right. I'll take an undefeated Shakur Rashid okay, at three. Okay. Give me, give me Shakur at the yeah. three. Give, give me Shakur at the three. And and honestly, the two three in this weight class really makes no difference. So um, I don't think Shakur should have been the two. No, I think he beats Vance. Do you? I think he does. These guys are kind of similar. They both home run hitters. They both like the cradles. They really do. It's going to be an interesting match. It's really going to be an interesting match. Um, I absolutely love the fact that they're three. I'm sorry, two and three, because we're going to get a chance. We should get a chance to see them in the semis. Yeah, I think that after the top four, even, you know, Cash Wilkie's great. Cash Wilkie, Cash Wilkie could play spoiler, right? He could beat an Emory Parker. But I don't think that anybody, I don't think a Reinhardt or an Embry 
is going to beat Rashid or Vans. I, no, I, look, Miles Martin's pushing to the finals. Right oh, right. Now, so, so, but okay. I'm thinking, I'm saying, I'm thinking Oppo side, right? Oppo side. I think I don't see anybody stopping a Rashid Vans semi. No, the only, the only thing I could think of is is if a Jelani Embry just absolutely catches fire. Um, and gets through Cam Caffey, or even if Cam Caffey catches fire, that's your seven and ten right there. They and then Rashid. they would have to wrestle Rashid. Now, I like Rashid regardless. Who do you like in Rashid versus Vens to push to the finals? Yeah, I said Rashid. Yeah, give me Rashid. Um, and maybe that's just bias from what we've seen him do this year. And even last year was pretty dominant. Now I know, now I know he took seventh. He definitely you know, up a weight. Yeah, he took seventh up a weight, but at the same time, it wasn't as tough of a weight as eighty four. Um, so here is the deal: I am a, I'm a huge Rashid fan, Ben. Big, big Shakur Rashid fan. I think he's really um, good. But I am a big Shakur Rashid fan when he's healthy. I am not sure how healthy he is right now. Which, I, with that said, I've got to take Vins over Rashid. Vins meeting up with Mymar in the finals. Mymar to take the weight. Yeah, and I, and I like Mymar to get major. I like Mymar to get a major against either one of the. Well, Mymar. So, the one knock on my Mars, he's kind of timid the first time he wrestles a guy. Like with Renan, he was kind of timid. He kind of gives him a little too much respect when he really could just go out there and dominate. So I think if he wrestles Rashid, I think it's going to be probably a 8-3. to three. I think if he wrestles Vens, I think he opens up even more and gets that major. So. But you like Mymar over Rashid in the finals, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, Mymar over Rashid. Like it. All right, 197. Um Five. I think this is your lowest in the bigs. Five automatic qualifiers at 197. Two returning All Americans. Um, obviously, you've got one seed Bo Nickel, who is one of the most dominant wrestlers in all of college wrestling. Two seed Colin Moore. There's your two returning All Americans. Three Jacob Warner. Four Christian Brunner from Purdue. Five Eric Schultz from Nebraska, who's given both Colin Moore and Bo Nickel. I'm so glad this year. Schultz is on the opposite side of Moore. Absolutely. <laughs> um, at six, you got Jackson Strigow from Michigan, and then after that, we got a bit of a drop off um, for your. They don't. They're, they're, they're really only seeding eight at this weight class. Um, honestly, Ben, I, I don't think there's a whole lot of questions at this weight. I think I, there's one. I'm interested to see Colin Moore and Jacob Warner wrestle. That's it in the semis. Um. Other than that, I'm curious to see if Eric Schultz can get past Christian Brunner in the 4-5 quarter, how Schultz can do against Bo Nickel again if he can even make it another close match. I don't think that's going to be the case this time. I like Colin Moore. I'm sorry, I like Bo Nickel to bonus his way through this through this tournament. Yeah, I, I think that Bo Nickel bonuses his way through the tournament. I, I agree with you. I think there's one, there's one major question, and I think it's Colin Moore versus Jacob Warner. And I think I think the question is, or I think the answer to that is Colin Moore, I think, beats Warner pretty good, to be honest with you. I think Colin Moore's got – I think that he's got more offense on his feet. The way he wrestled against Honus, if he wrestles like that against Jacob Warner, it's going to be ugly. I think that it's going to be um, a multiple takedown difference. Uh, I think if Colin Moore wrestles like he does against Eric Schultz, I think it could be a lot tighter. That's when, But I think Eric Schultz and Colin Moore wrestled each other so many different times. Schultz kind of knows what Colin Moore is going to bring to the table. He's felt him a bunch of different times. Look, Warner's great. Warner's had that great, you know, he's had some nice wins. He's he's beaten Mikolas a couple times. Um, you know, he had a really close one with, um, uh, what's the guys from, uh, Weigel or Weigel from Oklahoma State. But I think the Colin Moore's better than, than all of those guys. Um, no offense to Willie Mikolas. 
or uh, Preston Weagle, but I do think Colin Moore is better than them. And uh, I think that Colin Moore probably beats Jacob Warner by about five points and then goes out there and gets majored by Bo Nickel. Yeah, I mean, that's that's honestly, Ben, I, I see it basically the same way. Um, I think Colin Moore has, since his loss to Bo Nickel, he's got right back on it. He's looked really good. I like him to beat Jacob Warner handedly in that match. Um, but at the end of the day, we are going to witness one of the Big Ten's all-time greatest wrestlers in Bo Nickel uh, finish out just like he's been doing his entire career. Yeah, yeah. All right, 285. Look, there is some fire to talk I about at this weight class. I can't believe they're only seeding the top eight. I can't believe it. I mean, there's nine guys ranked in the top, I think, like 20 at this weight, if not more. And it's it's crazy. I think this weight class is so intriguing, Ben. I mean, look, they're only seeding the top eight. This weight class gets seven automatic qualifications and there's Sam Stoll's only not even to qualify. there's only one returning all-american that's sam stole and as you said he's projected to be seed seated eight i'm talking about in the top eight right. in the top eight seating you know sam Stoll's the only all-american in the top eight and he's seated eight which is outside the number of allocations that this weight class gets this is it's absurd it's absurd gable stevenson anthony Cassar, trent hilger sam Stoll. Conan Jennings, Mason Paris, Yusuf Amita, Chase Singletary, Dave Jensen, Pickett. This is going to be – there's going to be big upsets in the quarters. It, Especially when you're drawing in a guy like Kamita. You're drawing him in. No, I, I don't disagree. Look, I, I you're right, Ben. There's going to be great matches from the quarters on. But at the end of the day, this is the – the story here – is the Gable versus Anthony Cassar story that we've been waiting to see all year long. Everybody says if there's one guy that can push Gable in the country, maybe Derek White can, but people seem to think it's Anthony Cassar, the guy that looks like Incredible Hulk, who's got offense for days on his feet, just like Gable. That's the story here, in my opinion, Ben. I mean, that yeah. That's that's the story, and give me Gable, right? And I hate to be, you know, a little bit too. Um, wow, you just deflated that first. Boy. Yeah, first blush with it, but uh, you know, give me give, give me Gable on that, and, and I get your point that that's the story, right? That's but we've beaten that we've beaten that horse, in my opinion, ad nauseum. I like Gable. You like Gable, right? Yes, I do like Gable. I I think that Gable's just bigger, and he's just as athletic, and he's going to be able to stop those shots. I just am flabbergasted by how tough this weight is in the Big Ten. Why is Hamida not seated? I, I don't because I don't think he's eleven and five, nine and four, whatever on the season. I don't think he had criteria or whatever. There is no criteria does not You're play right. into seating. Then oh, because he didn't get an allocation. So I guess he would have been seated remember they only seated top eight. And he and he, he did he he's not good enough to be seated with his record in the top eight and because they only got seven allocations, they seed top eight here and I I don't know now I'm just what's his wrestling well, I'm sorry what's his record he's 11 and 5 so he's wrestled 16 matches with losses to Mason Paris Gable Stevenson Sam Stoll Trent Hilger and Seth Nevels so he's lost a lot in the bigs Seth Nevels is is in gray shirt no I know there. but I'm just saying I'm telling you his losses um not a lot of great wins 
you've beaten Matt Voss in Sudden Victory. That's pretty much. And Voss is a really good wrestler, but that's pretty much it. So I do oh, think. Oh, beat David Jensen 8-6. I don't know why. Is, is, is he not wrestling? I'm pretty sure he's wrestling. He just wrestled on 224. What is going on? I don't know. Well, okay, let's let's do this. Let's let's go to the, the the most recent coaches rankings, okay? And RPI. So in the most recent coaches rankings um at heavyweight This will tell us what we need to know. Yusuf Hamida is ranked 8th right. in the most recent coaches rankings. When you look at the most recent RPI rankings, Hamida He doesn't have enough matches to be RPI ranked. I think you're right. Exactly. So what, yeah. So he would get the matches, though, after the Big Ten tournament to be ranked. So he I think could be seated at the NCAA tournament, but he's going to be drawn in. But I don't think... But that doesn't play a part in the Big Ten seating, right, though. Right, which is that why... You, you can't... Honestly, you were going to see Conan Jennings and Chase Singletary over Hamida? That's what they're saying for this year? <laughs> I know. That's what I mean. So they're going to draw in... Because they only get seven allocations, they don't see. That, um, that, that's the unfortunate. Imagine thing. a Hamida Sam stole first round match. It's, e- it's easily possible. That's the thing. If you don't get if you don't get over eight allocations, they only see the top eight. Understood. Understood. Yeah. So talk. So, so, so right now, let's let's since we're talking about this topic right now, yeah. let's go down the list. Imagine Hamida gets pulled in. Is Hamida going to beat Gable? No. No. All right, Kassar. No. Mason Paris. Possibility. I mean, he, he lost to him earlier in the year. Uh, Is it a possibility? 6-2. Yeah, it's possible. Okay. Hilger. Possible. He lost to him four Chase two. Singletary. Oh, yeah. Conan Jennings. That's a win. David Jensen. Yeah, I'd say that that was... He already beat him 8-6. Sam Stoll. Stoll beat so him wait, on the right out, right? Stoll beat him 1-0 right out, yeah. On the right out. No. So, so, yeah. So, Hamida has the possibility to get... Drawn in to an opening round match against one of these guys. And, and he could probably beat everybody but the top three, in my opinion. I'd say everybody but the top two. Yeah, potentially, yeah. The way he made you he wrestled last year, sure. Right, everybody but the top two. That's terrible. That's that's insane. I know. That's awesome. It, it, it's nuts, dude. You know why? You, you know what that is? The Big, big Ten, ten Weekend. Man, we're getting tired. But, you know, so, I mean, if let's just run through this real quick. Who we got in the quarters? You got Gable versus Stoll, <laughs> potentially. Potentially, yeah. Uh, are you kidding me? That's that's I'll, just that's just the highest ranked All American wrestling yeah. the number one. Sam team. Stoll, who opened the season ranked number one, versus Gable Stevenson, quarterfinal Big Ten. Give me Gable, but let's talk about it. I mean, not, I mean, it's yeah, worth, give me it's, Gable. It's Look, I'll, t- I'll, t- I'll take it, Gable. It's worth a mention. You're right. Correct. Kassar Jensen, I like Kassar there. Jensen, absolutely, big leg absolutely. Guy. G- g- give me Kassar all day. Mason Paris versus Jennings. Jennings is two and zero against him this year. Holy shit. What a terrible draw for Mason Paris. Right? Conan Jennings, Mr. Freaking Fat Man Roll from Centerville, Ohio, where my son goes. It goes to the same, went to the same high school same my high son school. goes to. And he's wrestling. Conan Jennings got a great seat, great draw. Yeah. He hasn't lost absolutely. to Paris. All right, who are you pushing through to the semis? Give me a four in the, the semis. The problem is with Hil- let's talk one more quarter. Hilger, Singletary. Hilger did put it on. Singletary I'll take Hilger all day. I'll he's, take yeah, Hilger. He's, big yeah. and he he's good. He's good. Uh, y- yeah, you're gonna give me. You're gonna give me Stevenson versus uh, Hilger, and you're gonna give me Kassar versus. Um... God, you going Jennings, baby? Give me Kassar versus Hamida. Somehow, I'm guessing that he's gonna be down there. 
<laughs> I'm just speculating. I like everything you had there, but um, I'm gonna go for the trifecta. I'm calling the our our hometown local boy Jenny. with the trifecta, Conan Jennings oh, over Mason Paris. Rolling into the semis, ultimately Kassar versus Gable. I like Gable in that match, but I think this is going to be like a 5-2, type match. I like it tight. Yeah. I like it real tight. Yeah, we, oh, yeah. <laughs> that yeah, be tight. you do. What's going to happen to Hamida? <laughs> and what's going to go on with Stoll, dude? Well, I don't know. The seasonal end will go hunting and Vince Turk will shoot him in his you other think, knee. You think, you think Gable City is just going to roll through Stoll, all 285 pounds of him? I do. I do. Yeah, I, honestly, it was that a legit question? Yeah, I do. Do, I do you disagree? Know. Do you think Sam Stoll is going to be able to just do what he does, his offense, his only offense, which is um, Get to a gra- grab a guy's boobs and push him off the mat? I don't know. Probably not, but I don't know. <laughs> Against Gable? No. It ain't going to happen. Why isn't Amina seated? I don't know. <laughs> This is going to be a fun weight class. That's what I like about the heavyweight weight class. Even though the wrestling isn't quite as exciting sometimes, um, there's a lot of good names in the Big Ten. It'll be fun to watch. All right, let's wrap this up with a little bit of the team title talk here. Um, That won't take long. You know, look, Ohio State's won this the last two years. I think, what, three out of the last four? Yep. Okay. Um, With that said, I think uh, that run ends. Uh, Obviously, I think (laughs) Penn State's back on top. Um, I'm sure you agree with me. When yes. you when you simply look at the statistics around this, um, actually, if you if you take a look at the at, at the the teams' scores based just off of seeds, all right, just off the seeds placements, um, Penn State one fifteen, Ohio State eighty three, Michigan eighty, Iowa seventy seven, Minnesota um, sixty three, Nebraska fifty eight. Then it drops off after that a bit. That's just off of if they wrestle to their right, seats. Right, no bonus points included. No bonus points included, exactly. Um, in the last five years, Penn State has averaged 133.1 points at the Big Ten Wrestling Tournament. If you remove the 2015 season when they basically redshirted their entire team, that total jumps up to 142 and a quarter points at this tournament. What are they projected to get again this year? Um, just p- wrestling to their seeds – Placement, 115 points. That yeah. doesn't include bonus or advancement points. I'm not sure they're going to score 142 points this year. Oh, I think they do. Oh, it doesn't include. Yeah, okay, if it doesn't include. It's got to include advancement points. Right, no. It just doesn't include just, bonus. It, no, just, this doesn't include advancement. It just, you know, you get 16 points. Oh, you see. Pl- yeah, this gotcha. is just placement points. Oh, then they will. Just yeah, pl- yeah, just yeah, placement yeah, yeah, yeah. Points. Got you. Okay. So, um,. It, this team that they have this year is every bit as good as the team they've had the you know the last four or five years, which is scary when you think about it, um, because if not better, because you have the additions of Kassar at heavyweight, RBY in there, and then you have the continued improvement or optimization of weight class of Nick Lee and Shakur Rashid. So I think Penn State runs away with it this year. The true oh, fun, God, it's gonna the be. real fun is going to be in who finishes second, whether it's Ohio State, Michigan, or Iowa. Right now, just wrestling to their seeds, Ohio State 83, Michigan 80, Iowa 77. That doesn't include, obviously, bonus and advancement points. Um, I don't know what to make of it. I like Ohio State to finish second, but I will not be surprised in the least bit if Michigan comes in second. Yeah, I'm not sure Ohio State finishes second. They're going to have to really 
they're going to have to – some things are going to have to go their way. Luke Pletcher is going to really have to step up. Joey McKenna is going to probably have to win it. Um, let's talk about uh, Colin Moore definitely going to have to beat Warner in the semis. You know, they're, they're going to have to – a lot's going to so, happen. So give me your top three teams. Or oh. how do you see the top four playing out? No, I, I see it as – Penn State one. Penn State one. In the Big Ten, I see Michigan two. Okay. I think at NCAA, I probably see Ohio State over Michigan okay. in a deeper tournament. And I see Ohio- Iowa four. I'm not sure that you could couldn't combine Iowa, Ohio State, and Michigan t- into a super team to beat Penn State this year. You probably could with those three, but it'd be pretty damn close. What about you? Um, I I, I like Penn State to win it. Um, I actually like Ohio State to finish second at this tournament. Um, I think then it really gets interesting between Michigan and Iowa. Um, Who's five, by the way? Is it Nebraska? Yes, Nebraska. That, just wrestling to seeds. It would it would go Iowa, Minnesota, then Nebraska. What's the what's the what's the point spread between Nebraska and Iowa? So Iowa seventy seven if they wrestle just placement points, and then Nebraska fifty eight. So it's yeah, that's where it's gonna it's, be a, big break. it's a decent size split there. Uh, Minnesota 63 compared to 77, 63 compared to 58. Um, I actually like Penn State 1, Ohio State 2, Iowa 3, Michigan 4. I do. Yeah, and that's the neat thing about the Big Ten tournament is it, um, because it's a smaller tournament, you know, like we've seen in the past couple of years, just because you've won the Big Ten doesn't mean you're going to win the NCAA tournament. Just because you're the best team doesn't mean you're always going to win the Big Ten um, because you know, if you've got a more balanced team, you're probably going to be better um, at the bigs. But some of those guys might not score NCAA points, whereas you got a little more depth. I think Michigan might have a little more balanced team. They beat Ohio State in the duel, but I think Ohio State's going to have the ability to score a little bit more points at the NCAA tournament with their top level talent. But I'll tell you two things: one, we shall see, and two, we will see because we're going to be there. Unfortunately, not the bigs. So. The reason why I say that, Ben, when you go back to – look, just going back to 2010, 2010 to 2018, Iowa has finished in the top three every year except for one year. That was last year when I believe they finished uh, fourth. I think they finished fourth, if I'm not mistaken. Um, when you look at Michigan, you know, Michigan has finished in the top three one One time since 2010. Iowa just always seems to find a way to, to perform well at the Big Ten Wrestling Tournament, which is why I like them above Michigan. Different teams, baby. Michigan's, Michigan's on that come up, though. So. You're right. No, no, I mean, you, that's a great point. That, I think it's a great point. Um, both teams have some guys that can place very high. They both have some guys that have some questionable uh, losses that they have to reverse. And uh, both guys got some up-and-comers that could perform very well. It's going to be really interesting to see how it plays out. Um, you got anything else? I'm really excited to see Spencer Lee, Sebastian Rivera. I am too. I don't know why. That just popped in my head. Maybe I, we were talking about Iowa. I'm honestly just super geeked to see Gable and Kassar. I want to see what the hell happens with Gable, Sam Stoll. Maybe I'm a glut for punishment. <laughs> all right. All uh, right. Yeah, now we're done. On that note. That's all we got for you guys. Enjoy conference weekend. Enjoy Big Ten weekend. NCAA's just around the corner. This is the best time of the year. And as always, don't wind up on your back, bro.